and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the Imperial Matt. Hello there. So then, Nightmare in Silver, here we are. Yeah, <laughs> um, we may as well I've... start this episode where we ended the last episode, where I said yep. it better not be kids fighting Cybermen. There you go. And here we are. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, fairly predictable, I think, given the setup we had for last week and the title. But yeah. uh, but yes. in the in between, between last episode and this episode, we got uh-huh. a little bit of news. Okay. So this week, I think it was about Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I realised we were on three thousand nine hundred and eighty-seven downloads. That's a substantial number, considering. The quality of the product we put yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So I sort of threw down the gauntlet and said, yeah. if we reach 4,000 by the time we record this episode, yes. I would get you to sing again on the mm. pod. You did say that. I saw that on the old yeah. tweets. And yeah. here we are. It, we did it in less than 24 hours. Yeah, okay. Uh, so I did ask for <laughs> song suggestions. Um, yes. Your friend of mine, Andy, suggested... Mm-hmm. I don't think he would know this song. Uh, so it's right. the song that GLaDOS sings at the end of the Portal video game. Oh, I don't know it by heart, but I I, I know it. I've played both Portal games. Oh, have you? Uh, and yeah, amongst my favourite video games of all time. Yeah, so you get that lovely little song at the end. Yeah. I don't know that I could do a, do an, a passable GLaDOS impression, to be honest. Um, and I don't know the lyrics off by heart, but I can I can hum the tune of that one. Were there any other suggestions? Yep, someone suggested that perhaps we start next episode, or perhaps mm-hmm. end this episode, with you singing our title music. <laughs> That's a strong suggestion. Obviously, Big Red Car is a popular fan favourite. Oh yeah, <laughs> I yeah. could do do another verse you know, of that. That's like yeah. your headline song. That's your go home end of the encore song. Yeah, um, yeah. I did have a look for Doctor Who songs on YouTube, but it's just that stupid Doctor Who, hardest <laughs> Doctor Who. So, oh, do you, have you not found the Pertwee one? Pertwee did a single oh, based really? on the Doctor Who theme. It's like, and it's like a William Shatner spoken word type affair. I think we've it's just found that one winner. <laughs> I think that would be hard to do without the backing, but I, I'm definitely going to play you that at some point because that is a treat. Um, okay. I'll, I'll have a crack at doing... Should I do specifically the, the arrangement that we use of the Doctor Who theme? Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll pop that in at the top of next week's episode. Well, so I, I, me... I don't know, because I think if it's someone's first time listening and they click play and it's you like going... I think that could put people off. So I, I think Probably just could. go for it now. All right. Um. So, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I am very worried that I'm setting a precedent here. I hasten to add. For those in attendance and the thousands watching as part mm-hmm. of a worldwide audience, <laughs> it is my honour... My privilege, my joy, to present the Doctor Who theme tune as arranged by Alexander Urban and performed here by our very own David. David, you have the floor. 
And I'm going to stop there, and I apologise. <laughs> so, listeners, so we've lost our entire listenership I, at this I, point. I'm just going to take a second to speak <laughs> to speak to your firstborn, who may be listening mm-hmm. to this in the future, maybe, <laughs> maybe in times where you know both of us may be passed on. And I, I just want only, to say, only archive. It's of absolutely of me. fine if you want to talk to your therapist about this. <laughs> It's probably a much healthier option. When they say, so what, tell me about your father. <laughs> do 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 <laughs> Yep, pretty much. Just about sums me so up. So that's probably um, going to be the most entertaining part of today's episode. So see probably. you all next week. Yeah. Uh, as always, I've been Matt. He's mm-hmm. David. See you later. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. I'm assuming you did not enjoy this episode. I, other than what I've written down... I couldn't remember the first thing about yeah. this episode. It's okay. an absolute breeze, isn't it? Well, if I may have the floor for a minute, I've got some stuff to unpack here in terms of my relationship with this specific episode. So, generally speaking, what I like to do uh, on occasion is rewatch a series of Doctor Who or two. You know, it's just part of my part and parcel of my my. Uh, recreational activities um but i would occasionally skip an episode but sooner or later i like to revisit basically everything that we've watched at, at, at present i've basically re-watched every single episode of new who except for the most recent series that only aired a few months ago at least once mm-hmm. with one exception which is this episode i have never watched this since it was first broadcast until i watched it last night for this podcast And it's not because I think it's the worst episode, but it left me with this feeling of just like, huh? That I just, it's such a... Was that first time round or on The first time round. First time round. It was like, there's such a jumble of stuff which didn't seem to hang together or form a particularly coherent story. And like... I just, I didn't know how to, I couldn't handle it. Like, my, it, it like short-circuited my brain or something, but not in a good way. Um, and every time I've been re-watching Series 7 since, and I must have re-watched Series 7 at least, you know, two or three times, I just find myself, I get to this episode, and I'm exhausted at the mere prospect of re-watching it. So I just skip it. Mm. Every time. Because I, I know I say this a lot, but yeah. it, it 100% would not matter if we didn't watch this episode. There is Basically, nothing yeah. gained from watching this episode. Yeah, and potentially quite a bit lost in terms of Cyberman lore and stuff like that. We'll, we'll, we'll dig into that as we go on. So we end last week's episode with the big reveal that the children have worked out Clara is appearing through time. Yes. And then we just start this week's episode where they're on the TARDIS. Yeah, that and in I itself even is jarring. To see if there was one of those stupid little five-minute like mini episodes things. 
Yeah. But there isn't. <laughs> it's just like the the doctor who is deleting himself from history has just gone. Oh well, you know when when you caught do, out, you caught out, aren't you? Best yeah, I'll do. I'll do him a favour. I'll uh, take him to it. Uh, yeah, okay. If yeah, I was so the doctor, that. I would just go. You know, this mystery with Clara's not worth it. Mm. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> so I on 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 my second watch of this last night, I I basically I came away with two distinct feelings that might. That might feel contradictory, but I do think are actually complementary when you unpack it. So, my first thought is, this episode is pretty dreadful. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's not the worst, but it's it's not good. It's it's a failure. However, I think it should have been a two-parter. Really, I think if you make this, if you're gonna do this story. Make it a two-parter. Give things a little bit of breathing space. Because mm. half this episode is frantic exposition just to get to the next bit. And I just feel like if if everything you just... There, there are too many characters, too many ideas, too much going on, and it leaves the viewer just feeling... Or at least me. It leaves me feeling just bewildered by the experience. So do you feel and it's I, a bit of a contradiction in that it has both too much and not enough? Yeah, there's a there's a great quote from um, there's a comedian and uh, a, a musician one one of my one of my favourite sort of people who worked in any medium a chap called Vivian Stanshill did a fantastic thing called Sir Henry at Rawlinson End, which is a sort of it's hard to explain it's sort of like a comedic musical thing, um, but there is a, a quote from that from the character of Sir Henry. Um, when he's sat down having dinner in his uh, crumbling old mansion uh, and he, he's, he turns to his cook and says, this is inedible muck and there's not enough of it. Yeah. That's what I kind of feel about the episode. It's like, <laughs> it's like the form in which it has taken by being crammed into a single 45 minute episode makes the experience just jarring and unpalatable. And I think if you if you just... If you're going to do this, and even then, if, I think if you made it a two-parter, it's not getting above a 7 out of 10. There are still some very fundamental flaws in terms of what's going on here, but it would at least give us enough time with these characters and these ideas that it won't just feel like we're being slapped around the face with a fish the whole time. What What do you think's the strength of this episode? What do you think's the standout <sighs> positive? I think it's... Well, it's, I, I'm going to... Highlight two things. Um, one is Matt Smith's performance. God, he's uh-huh. working hard in this episode. Yeah. I, if you'd have asked me the question, yeah. that would have been my answer. Yeah. And the other thing that I'll say is, I think it's the same as with a lot of Neil Gaiman stuff. I don't always love everything Neil Gaiman does, but you cannot fault the man's imagination. It's a very imaginative, creative episode, but it just doesn't come together. Mm. Um, Gaiman's zero for two in my eyes. Yeah, I mean the general, the general. He's on thin ice. I think I'm more or less in line with the general fandom in that generally people will be like, uh, "Doctor's wife, big thumbs up." Nightmare and Silver, Silver, bit of a thumbs down. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean this is out of the two of them. If you had to rewatch one, 
Is it going to be this or Doctor's Wife? Pro- probably this. Really? Because Did you hate Doctor's Wife this, that much? This, this just sort of... I was, like, present whilst this episode just sort of happened. Mm. Whereas Doctor's Wife, like, actively annoyed me, if that makes sense. I mean, yes, yeah, that's fine. You I, know, I, I, we, I we, have the we, opposite experience in that this is the one that actively We've mentioned it before, that, like, Doctor's Wife is, for me, a bold choice that doesn't pay off. Yeah. Whereas this isn't that imaginative, isn't that adventurous, it's just there. Yeah, I can see that. I think there are some imaginative ideas, but they are like isolated little concepts and and moments and bits and set design choices and things like that. Mm. But just it it's it's not enough. It's like individual little ingredients that you can maybe pick out of the overall mm-hmm. uh thing, but uh well, yeah. now that you mention ingredients. Yes. I've just been texted by enemy of the show, Tim Riley. Uh Uh-huh. And just when you thought you couldn't hate him anymore, David, (laughs) he's texted me to say that the Morrisons in Sheffield is better than the Darlington one. (laughs) (laughs) And Are those fighting words? Andy said South Yorkshire is better than North Yorkshire. Well, I, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to get involved as as a, as a not as a non-native Yorkshireman. I feel like it's not my place to. Uh, not pass normally. Comment. This is where I'd like swear and shout at Tim Riley, but I just want him to know I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> Classic teacher play there. Mm. Yeah. So bitterly disappointed. Yes, indeed. Um... Anyway, that anything all else we the... need to say about this episode? Anything I th- good? I think we just need to do our best to try and rattle through what, whatever constitutes a plot. Right. <laughs> and then we can get it over and done with and we can move on to the series finale. Is that next week? Next week is the series seven finale. So that'll be episode 98 of our pod. Yeah. So we're getting close to 100, aren't we? What We are. What should we do for 100? I, I kept thinking this. We need to do something special. Well, we are doing something special. Do I, should I spoil it now? Uh, I don't know. Like We could do a little tease just to get the fans like, interested. So, yeah. I, I mean, say fans. Basically... I just mean Tim <laughs> Riley. And that person that comes on Twitch every week to send I'm... a message that says Bad Wolf. I'm... I'm genuinely. It's lovely that Tim Riley, uh, you know, person who I don't know at all on any level. But I love that. But you know um, all you need to know about him, don't you? I love that he continues to tune in despite the fact that you abuse him every other week on the on this uh, podcast. So you know, good good on you, Tim. He, he kind of um, gets what he deserves. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yes. Yeah, so the way things are going to shake out, um. Our 100th episode will be the 50th anniversary special, The Day of the Doctor. So You say that like it means something to me. It will mean something to you once you've watched it. So that's going to be, I, I think, a fitting celebration of 100 episodes of this, of this ridiculous podcast is, is uh, tackling that special, which is as special as a special can be. So, um, if you want I mean, to throw I've anything else into the mix, like, yeah. Your opinion of uh, Doctor Who? Yes. I, I've used this phrase before. I stole it from Peep Show. 
You speak about Doctor Who the way people speak about the Harvey Nichols in Leeds, like it's something special. And I'm worried <laughs> you're going to be like, oh, Matt, you've got to watch this. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be like with Nail and I. You're going to be like, oh, you've got to watch this. It's seminal. And I'll just be like, all right. You know what? If you come away from it say it's even all right, I'll take it from you okay. at this point. I, I think what we I, should do... I've if, given if, up all if, hope. I, I'll, shall I tell you? I genuinely, when we started this, I had hopes that by about Series 3, Series 4, you'd be able to say, hand on heart, you are a fan of Yeah, Doctor but then Who. we get episodes like Nightmare in Silver. You take the rough with the smooth, though. No. It's the same I only like show. things that are objectively good. <laughs> I reject the very concept of objective good and bad. If I'm yeah, honest, exactly. Um, That's why you rejected Christ from your life. <laughs> you turned your You're back on the go. church. <laughs> I mean, I genuinely did, but for for more complex reasons than that. See, I think, probably, I think this probably isn't the venue for for talking about my loss of faith in my late teens. I, but... I think what I'd really like to do for the hundredth episode. Yeah, and this is this is my one little wish list. Uh-huh. I, I think if people are listening to this. What I'd like them to do is, you know, because we quite often get questions on Twitter. Mm-hmm. What I'd like you to do is to record your questions and email us to them. And we could do like a little, almost like a radio phone-in show. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, that would be nice to do for our... For our so Don't worry, I won't maybe. take the mick out of anyone's voice or accent. Okay? He definitely will listen. No, 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 because that's cruel. It's okay when it's Doctor Who doing it. <laughs> you know. Oh yes, because you've never been, un- uh, you know, uh, unfairly cruel to our listeners. Yeah, but it's it's funny when like you've I... never decided that, that as a collective they should be known as fucking dorks. Yeah, but that's like a collective noun. <laughs> but like, if someone was really passionate and was like, "Oh, Matt, I was just wondering," you know, in episode whatever you mentioned this, if they take the nice time to do that, I'm not just going to be. Ha ha ha! Look at this dickhead. That, that's just cruel. Mm-hmm. You know, and if we peek behind the curtain, I did send you a lot of messages asking whether we should cut out the bit where I refer to everyone as fucking doll. <laughs> you did. You did slightly regret that, but I thought it was funny, so I left it in. Yeah. Um, Especially because they're far worse than that. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's me pulling the punches. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that would be that, that might be a fun I think thing that to would do. Be nice. Or yeah. Maybe draw some artwork and send us it on Twitter. We'll hold it up on the podcast. Yeah. And we'll talk about it. <laughs> or if you've written any fan fiction. Or what we should I d- do. No, how can, about, can I just how say, about this? Can I say, I do not endorse this. I do not want to read your fan fiction. How about this? What? Right? Let's combine your two loves. Uh-huh. I want our listeners... To send us, it can be via email, via Twitter, okay? I would like it if they sent their questions in, that would be nice. But I'd yeah. like them to write a poem. Ah, I would love that. And if any listeners want to send in a poem, I uh, that would be, that would make my day, for sure. Yeah, let's do that. And me and you are going to do it as well, for the 100th episode, we're going to write a poem each. <laughs> okay, right, now you've made it an obligation. Right. Ah, oh, jeez. Let's see if we can do better than the listeners. So, All right, okay. What That's does that give us? Decided, three weeks. Then. 
Yeah, so decided, 100th episode, we're, we're discussing the Day of the Doctor, and we're, all, uh, we're also we're going to... We're going to do a big write... poetry competition. Yeah. And, and I'll get be... my friend, who is head of English at my school, to judge them. <laughs> yes, I, I'd be amazed if anyone does this. But if you want to send in a poem... If you don't do, do it, it... Okay. If you don't do, do and, it, and I take you're it not the allowed to is... listen to the podcast anymore. The brief is Doctor Who, right? We're not being any more specific than that. It's allowed to be about Doctor Who. Yeah. Or this podcast. <laughs> All right. I'm up for that. Okay. So you have three weeks. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've got some stuff. I will send prizes to the winner. Ooh. You know, like, I've got those like, Doctor Who annuals that we bought when we were doing season by season. <laughs> yeah. N- never looked at them before. Can't shift them on eBay. I relisted them. <laughs> and, you know, you know when you list something on eBay and it doesn't sell and it just relists. Yeah. I've been paying something like a pound a month for just constantly relisting those. <laughs> and we will send them that. You've still got that K9 model, haven't you? I think so. I might have been that. Hold on. <laughs> it, it could be on my shelf. What about Decide Your Destiny, Lost Luggage? Oh, man, a literary classic. Um, I don't know if I've still got that K9 model. It was on my bookshelf, but I did have a big tidy up. Mm. But there's a lot of stuff on my bookshelf I could send just as, like, random prizes. Ah, well, that would be like, nice. That, there's an incentive for you, listeners. It's hard to get to humanity that I've not yet remember to put back in the box <laughs> uh, you could have uh, some Warhammer that I've painted I'll send that amazing um, what about a copy of The Road by Cormac McCarthy I've got that listed on eBay if anyone wants that have you read it yeah it's good uh, mm. Fever Dream by George R.R. R. Martin that's on my eBay list at the moment uh, so I've got I've got a lot of stuff I can send well, there you go, listeners. So um, I'm excited to, to maybe read your poems when uh, uh, when we get to that point. And if you so... don't do it, you're not allowed to listen to the pod ever again. We've mm. done 100 episodes for free, okay? <laughs> Teamwork makes the dream work. Start pulling your weight. <laughs> anyway, uh, enough of that flim flammery. Shall we uh, get stuck into... Oh, there's plenty uh... more where that came from. Ah, uh, yeah. Right. I just, I just, look. I'm just, I'm just trying to chimney things along because I want this over with. If I'm honest, Matt, I've said my piece. I've got, I've got very little else to say about this episode. So, right, let's get it done. So, Nightmare in Silver from the 11th of May, 2013, mm-hmm. episode 13 of season seven. Yeah. So the TARDIS appears to land on the moon. It does. But it's not the moon. It's Hedgwick's world. Yeah. So, what's your favourite theme park? Oh, um, I'm not really a theme park person. Oh, really? I have been to precisely two theme parks I think you could actually go on record and call theme parks. Is it like Water Um, Valley and Flamingo Land? No, because obviously I I wasn't, um, as I say, didn't grow up in this area. So my... My, my my main go to as a child was the the, the 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 local shabby theme park, which is equivalent of say Light Water Valley, uh, but down south where my grandparents used to live, um, and that was a place called Paulton's Park. Okay. If any of our southern listeners 
maybe are aware of Paulton's Park. These days, I I recently saw it seems to be completely rethemed to like Peppa Pig Land or something. Oh really? It's gone all out in for Peppa Pig. Back when I went to, went to it, they the Paul the uh, titular Paulton was a friendly owl. Oh. Just a big, big jolly owl. I thought you were going to say it was uh, Mr. Blobbyland, that one that Noel Edmonds no. opened that like failed. Oh, have you seen like videos of people exploring like the abandoned remains? Yeah, it's horrible. It's it's amazing. It's an experience, listeners. If you've not done that, yeah, that's a that's an afternoon on YouTube well spent. <laughs> um, but yeah, and the other one is I once went to Legoland Windsor. Good, quite liked. Any good? Yeah, it was all right. I've Wasn't allowed been. on the roller coaster. Why not? Not tall enough. Queue's too long. Mm. And it, and I couldn't I couldn't argue because it wasn't my parents taking me. Oh, really? It was I was going with a friend for his birthday, so I I just kind of had to suck it up and you know they set the agenda and when 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 we said can we go on the roller coaster I said nope queue's too long. I didn't have a leg to Is stand on. Is he still on. a friend of yours? Not really. Is it because his parents won't let you go on the roller coaster? No, we just just uh, lost touch with each other, you know. Uh, so, yeah, so the Doctor, Clara, and then the two kids, Angie and Artie, arrive, and it's the best, biggest theme park in the universe. Yes. Yeah, and this apparently. is where we're introduced to Webley, played by Jason mm-hmm. Watkins. Mm. Can I tell you what this first made me think of as well? Because it's a theme park on the moon. It just makes me think of that episode of Futurama. See, I, I was never that keen on Futurama. Oh, did you not? Have you not seen the one? It's quite an early one, I think, where they go to a, 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 this rundown theme park on the moon. I know people and it's go got this, like, like mental for it, but I've just never really been that fussed with Futurama. I really like Futurama. It's not perfect, and the later seasons, especially, are probably more missed than hit. But there are still some gems tucked away in the later seasons. But the first like four seasons of Futurama for me are just perfection. Love them. What What did you make of the character of Webley? Uh, stock Neil Gaiman eccentric type. See, I've only ever seen Jason Watkins in one other thing. Right. And I didn't even know that's the actor's name, to be honest. Yeah. What was he in? So he's in an episode of Friday Night Dinner. Oh, and it's where that's the, where I've seen him. Yeah, the, the dad invites his friend who he doesn't yes. even really like, and it's yeah the, who like blinks, blinks too much. too slowly. Yeah, oh, that's it. Yeah, he is very good in that. Yeah, so uh, he, yeah, he was okay in this. He yeah. sort of did his job. Yeah, and he's I was because I saw that I rewatched that episode quite recently, and I was watching this thing. I've have seen this guy in something else, but I couldn't place it. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I had to Wikipedia him. And so, yeah, so he's looking for a way off the planet. Yes, and as he's sort of talking to the Doctor, this is where some soldiers appear. Can I say as well? This is the first sort of confusing aspect of this story, in that you've got this rundown, closed down theme park. And the bloke who's crash landed on it just happens to basically have like a sort of tourist attraction in his ship anyway. Yeah. And it's just got a little like almost museum. Yeah, it's like a sort of mixture of like Madame to to Swords with like a sort of random, you know, like local museums. I love a local. Do you like a local museum? Yeah. Where it's just like, ah, we've got this stuffed pig over here. 
And we've got some, like an old cricket bat that someone you've never heard of used. Because what have we got close to us? <laughs> we've got the got... Harriet Museum. Yeah, and there's a there's a the ta- town museum opposite as well. Yeah, because there's a museum for the is... little town where I live as well in the library. Yeah, and then I we've... love them. Because if you go up towards the Wensleydale Cheese Creamery, which also yeah. has a little museum to it, there's yeah. a rope museum. Oh, that sounds delightful. Uh, it's just machines weaving rope yeah. really fast. Glo- Gloucester Folk Museum. If you're in Gloucester, that's that's an afternoon well spent. And I, where I went to uni in Northampton, and I forget the name of the exact museum... But uh-huh. it's up the top of Abington Avenue where there's the big park. And there's yeah. just randomly, like, hutches that have peacocks and parrots and all sorts ah. in it. And I found that one day when I was, like, full of uni stress. Yeah. And it was lovely. Yeah. Oh, the similar thing in Cheltenham. They've got, the, or at least they did for a while, they, they had this park where they just had, like, great big guinea pig hutches. Ah. Uh, well... On that note, yeah. I just want to take a moment because this week my guinea pig Bert passed away. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's made me really upset. Yeah, I didn't I didn't want to mention it, but since guinea pigs came oh. up, yeah, he was well, he was a poorly boy it. towards the end. Oh. And we we made the decision. Oh. So, bless. rest in peace, Bert. Yeah. You were my second favourite guinea pig. <laughs> that is a touching tribute. <laughs> it's all right. The uh, best, anyway, the best we, come on. We, we're trying to get through this. We've like barely got through the cold I know, open We're nearly yet. like half an hour just talking. Come rubbish. on. Let's, let's, right, let's so some circles appear down. led by Tamsin Althway. I would ask you what you think of her. It doesn't matter. She was in EastEnders once. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, the planet is closed and so is the theme park. Yeah. So the Doctor pretends to be like counsel to the Emperor so he can yeah. get passage. And Webley takes them to the park, but it's all shut down. Uh-huh. He takes them to his weird wax museum where he has a uh-huh. Cyberman trapped. And then the titles roll. Yes. Yeah. So the Cyberman is reprogrammed to play chess. A bit yep. like one of those old-fashioned quote-unquote robots that you used to yeah, get. Yeah, it, well, it was specifically the first one, that the most famous example was this one called the Turk from the 1700s. And, uh, yeah, it was supposed to be this this magnificent sort of oh, fully Tom automated... Tom, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was actually just a bloke inside operating it. Um that was actually one of the sources of inspiration for... Do you remember, if you can cast your mind back to series two, The Girl in the Fireplace? Yep. The original brief that RTD gave to Stephen Moffat was to write something sort of around the idea of the Turk. Yeah. And that sort of got filtered through Stephen Moffat's brain and then turned into The Girl in the Fireplace, which has almost no other than the idea of a clockwork man. You know, bears almost no relation. That's a good episode, isn't it? It is a good episode. Take me yeah. back. Take me back. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, so but this one's got Warwick Davis inside. Yeah, so nice. Artie plays it at chess because yeah. he's in his school chess club. And yeah. all of a sudden, De- as you say, the reveal comes that Warwick Davis is sat beneath it controlling it. Yeah. And he is porridge. Yeah. And it's not a good character name. I, I don't know. 
I get that what Gaiman was going for with giving him that name, but I don't know. It just doesn't quite click the way it should. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I but just I, I, suppose I feel like that's a first draft effort. It's later explained why he's got like a random name. It it is, but not not satisfactory. The why specifically porridge. Hmm. I just feel like it's not. It's going for like jolly, but it doesn't land yeah. on that note. Um, but anyway, but it's nice to see Warwick Davis, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. What's your favourite Warwick Davis performance? Uh, it's a long time since I've rewatched it. It's on my rewatch list, but probably Willow. Willow's a good one. It's on Disney Plus. Yeah, it's uh, that's why it's on my rewatch list. Yeah. I saw that it was on there. I was like, brilliant. I've not seen Willow since. I haven't watched we it. We watched in it in years. school one time. Um, you know when when yeah. teachers just give up. Yeah. And put a film on. One of my cousins named his daughter Willow after that film because it was like his favorite really? film growing up. Ah. Know? Yeah, I'm looking forward to rewatching that at some point. So yeah, Webley's got three Cybermen in his collection, Uh and then instead of being alarmed by that, they all go outside, Porridge turns the (laughs) gravity off, and they just start jumping around for a bit. Yeah, having a bit of fun. So when they're getting ready to leave, the Doctor refuses because something's caught his curiosity. Yeah, you get that one brief close-up of what we later discover are Cybermites. Yeah. Sort of like little silverfish creatures. I mean, it's good that they've replaced Cybermax. I didn't feel that Cybermax yeah. worked in like the modern. I agree with you. I was going to say, I feel like this is a good evolution of that idea. Yeah. And I suppose um, if there is one takeaway from this episode, it's the idea that the Cybermen are constantly updating and evolving. Yes, I we, we will get we will dig into that idea a little bit more as 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 the episode wends on a bit because I I feel like that I'm going to say mixed results with that idea the basic idea I'm okay with I don't I think is it the idea that the, they say they're updating and evolving but remain exactly the same constantly we'll 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 talk about it we'll talk about it but like I Cybermen have always been a very malleable changeable. Uh, foe over the course of the show's history. Unlike, say, Daleks, where there's only so much you can do with a Dalek. Yeah. There have... For almost every appearance of the Cyberman adds some kind of new twist or redesign to the, to the look or, or an ability or a, or a weakness. or there, There's always something new to do with them. Mm-hmm. Um... And this kind of throws a lot of new ideas at the wall, some of which stick better than others, I think. So the chess-playing Cyberman randomly comes to life and grabs Webley. It's got little Cybermites sort of like running over yeah, it, I think. Yeah, so they get him, and then they get yeah. Angie's phone. Yeah. And then Porridge tells Clara about the Cyber War. Yes. So yeah. I'm guessing that's not anything previous to this episode well i think it might be cyberman history is absurdly convoluted right and i just don't have the energy for it even though i will say cybermen are my all-time favorite doctor who monsters really i they're possibly yes, my I've least never, 
Have I never said this on the podcast before? I think you maybe have. I love them. Yeah, I, I love them. I love the basic concept of them. They they have... It's it's like every time you get a Sidemount episode, it's kind of tossing a coin whether it turns out to be a good one or a bad one. They've got certainly got as many bad as good. But the basic idea of them, I always like. So even if it turns out to be a bad one, I'm just like, hey, we're... Let's, so that's the thing. I think that's part of why I get so frustrated with the story is I want to like it because it's a Cyberman story. So I have the same issue with closing time. Mm. I just feel like it feels like a waste of the Cyberman to me. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, but anyway. So yeah. Uh, Porridge tells Clara about the cyber war and Angie decides she's going to go to the barracks for better phone signal. Sure. And then, as soon as Can Angie... We just t- I don't know when it's going to be a good time to talk about Angie. Can we talk about Angie? Yeah, sure. In that, just, she's rubbish. Well... I just want to just say now, and this is not a slight on the on the actor, because, you know, young actors are still at the early stages of learning their craft, and it, it's understandable, especially when you're working with a difficult script like this. But I can only judge what ends up on screen. And she's uh, she just annoys me every. Uh, they both do, to be honest. Is it quite damning that neither of the child actors have Wikipedia pages? I feel like it is a bit like because you do you do sometimes get you like take for example Maisie Williams in Game of Thrones. There's just even in that very first episode, which is like using footage, she, which was I forget how old she was. She was very young when they filmed the first, the pilot episode and, and they used some of the stuff that they shot with her then. And she looks so young in that. And yet there is an immediate charisma and magnetism to her performance. Um, but yeah, entirely lacking with these children. Well, I would say the one thing Angie's got over Artie is Angie actually does something. I guess she does. But it's mostly complain. Let's yeah. be honest. So like, it's not an endearing. She's not an endearing character. No, and I know you don't like to give away spoilers, but is this the end yeah. of the adventures of Angie and Artie? I am happy to report that it is indeed. Good, good. <laughs> I think maybe they realised it was a mistake at some point in when they were filming or whatever. They just, yeah, there has never been any attempt to bring them back. <laughs> Uh, so the captain of the soldiers that we mentioned earlier, played by Tamsin Althwaite, I don't yeah. know whether I think she is named, but on Wikipedia she's just referred to as captain. Yeah, I I can't remember, but she gets really shifty when Angie yeah. mentions porridge. Yeah. So even though this is the first sort of hint, this is where I managed to work out exactly what porridge was all about. Yeah, yeah, it's not a. They, they try to go for a big whoa moment and it doesn't, doesn't land, does off. it? So yeah. the Cyberman from earlier grabs Archie this time when he wakes up and then yeah. begins to attack the barracks. Yeah. And then, I, I think I mentioned this last week with Jenny Flint, there's like a weird effect where the Cyberman's meant to be going really fast. Yeah, they basically, the Cyberman just has the flash powers now. Yeah. Like, what's that about? This is one of the... Like I say, this episode throws a lot of things at the wall in terms of Cybermen. This was not a good idea. No. 
Like, either on the page or in execution, this did not work. So, yeah, it kidnaps Angie. But it kidnaps Angie, yeah. And in whilst he's going to go investigate, the Doctor places Clara in charge. Yeah. So, Angie then sees Artie and Webley updated into Cybermen, and I think it's at this point she is assimilated herself. Yeah. And then Clara... God, I forgot how annoying this bit is. Uh-huh. Clara is looking for a defensible position in uh-huh. the theme park. Yes. And they spend an awful long time mentioning areas of the theme park that are supposed to be funny, but yeah. are ultimately irrelevant. Yes. Because, like, it's obviously going to be the castle in the middle of the theme park. Yeah, but, like, it just goes on for ages where it's like, oh, should we go to... Dr. Lumpkin's Garden. Yeah. Should we go to Freddie Johnson's House of Fun? And it's just like, it's this kind shut of like, up, no one cares. Yeah. That's very Neil Gaiman though, isn't it? It's that kind of sort of twee, whimsical note that he likes to hit sometimes that some t- in some circumstances works really well. But this, it just feels, as you say, it just like it's slowing. This is meant to be a tense, like almost siege situation and everyone's just kind of farting about it's yeah i i fully agree uh but anyway it's interesting to see though clara kind of taking charge it feels like that's quite a natural fit for her yeah do you know what i mean like you couldn't imagine i don't i feel like you couldn't imagine uh Amy Pond, like, taking charge in the same way she does. No, but I I don't want to bash it too much. I've said it every week. No. I, I don't like Clara. You, you, you're, you're firming up your opinion on Clara now, are you? Uh, as it stands, like, I, I haven't seen anything that has endeared that character to me. Mm. I am not yeah. intrigued by that character. Uh-huh. I don't... But she's the impossible girl, Matt. Yeah, but I don't know if it's because I've seen so many <laughs> fucking Childs of Destiny so far. Uh-huh. Or it's just that it's going nowhere. You know, mm. it's just, at least with Bad Wolf, I think it took me something like four or five episodes to click before I said yeah. to you, oh, that seems to be cropping up a bit. Yeah. Whereas here, it's just like, Every episode just ends with her, the doctor going, she is the impossible child. Yeah, it's just, it rams it, it home. It doesn't every mean episode. anything. It's yeah. not interesting. It certainly lacks the subtlety of something and, like Bad Wolf or, or uh, Mr. Saxon or the, the way, the way RTD drew it, where we just pepper a little idea in the the background of things this as you say is like very textual it's uh, you know at the front it's just the doctor like turning to the camera and pointing and shrugging every week basically yeah. if we take um, amy as the example like her character was quite flawed she had like vulnerabilities yes. yeah and other than the fact we know clara's parents are dead yeah like she doesn't. She just seems to be almost like Mary Poppins, like practically perfect in every way. I mean, I think that's 
true to an extent, but I think what it is also reflect that to me in itself is kind of a flaw, if that makes sense. You know, the fact that she is sort of taking charge and bossing people around yeah, so easily, but like it's that's what I, mean. I would it, almost. It, it's it, not like an endearing. It's not endearing right? because no, I don't it's not feel an endearing flaw. Normal human beings react. No, but it is how certain people do, mm. and. I think we are getting a picture of who Clara is. She's not necessarily likable in the way no. that Donna or Martha or, or, or any of the previous See, I, I, At the minute, I'm going to put Clara in the bin with Martha. Oh, Martha does not belong in the bin. F- like I say, I think there's two quite Ma- clear tears. <sighs> no. Yeah, no, I, I'm not. I'm, I won't stand for that, Matt. I won't stand for. In it. fact, Martha's I think lovely. there's three tiers. Leave Martha alone. There's three tiers. There's top tier, <laughs> which is Wilf and Rory. Yeah. Then there's Rose, uh, Amy. You've really warmed to Amy, haven't? Because you were for a long time. I remember you saying at one point that she was the most boring companion we've had so but far. It was when Rory came along. That everything clicked yeah. and worked. I feel like Rory is almost like the Rosetta Stone for understanding Amy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I th- those are my three tiers. Currently, down the bottom, it's Martha yeah. and Clara. Well, who knows? Could all change next week. So yeah, so anyway, we went way off topic there. Clara yeah. says she's going to defend Natty Longshoe's comical castle. They say that too many times. Yeah. Like, you know, if it was Disneyland and they were talking about real things, yeah. it would make sense. But when it's bloody natty long shoes, as if we're supposed yeah. to know what that means. The other the other thing that I will say about this this episode, it I, I accepted it with the sort of bubble universe of um, the Doctor's wife. But this episode is kind of taking place in some kind of like Victorian space future. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like why, why are people poncing around in waistcoats and top hats and saying, Oh, I say, and you know, it's that kind of vibe yet. They've got spaceships and laser guns and it's, 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 it's a whimsy too far for me. And that's saying something, because I'm partial to a bit of whimsy. But it just it rubs me up the wrong way with this. Although, it just feels forced. That said, I know I mentioned Lightwater Valley earlier. Yeah. When me and my brothers used to go there, um, we were never that interested in the roller coasters, but they did have a massive wooden fort. Yeah. Called, I think it was called Fort William that had like rope nets and zip lines. Uh, and that, sounds good. That was the best bit. Yeah. So maybe Clara just wanted to go there and just have a bit of fun. Maybe. But anyway, yeah, so they go to the castle because it's the most defendable part of the, the theme park. Yeah. So this is where we get the introduction of the Cybermites, which are upgraded yeah. Cybermats. Certainly mm-hmm. the CGI is a lot better. Yeah, they, they've got a lovely sort of fluid motion mm. to them. And Angie is a Cyberman now. Well, kind of. She's got the sort of like... It's not quite... A Bluetooth headset, but again, it's a little sort of beepy thing on yeah. her ear. Yeah, because uh, Webley, it's almost like one of the Borg from Star Trek, isn't it? 
yeah, I think that was a very conscious inspiration for the look of this and, of, and what they do with Matt Smith later as well. So the Cybermen now want the Doctor because yeah. rather than just using humans, they can use any living components. Yeah. Uh, so they want his like Time Lord biology so mm. they can like assimilate and learn from it. Yeah. If they can use any living material, could they use like fungi? Or trees. Oh, that'd be interesting. Those cyber mushrooms. Yeah. Attack of the cyber mushrooms. I'd watch that. Like, I'd, I mean, think think we've established my bar is very low for what I'll watch if it's set within the Doctor Who universe. What if it was like an episode of like Planet Earth, but everything was just cyber? That would so, be fun. So if it was Attenborough talking that. about like cyber eagles. But because they were made of metal, they were too heavy and just <laughs> fell out the sky, like smashed to bits. Ah, they'd have like jetpacks, wouldn't they? Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, um, so our brains just do not want to engage with this episode. No. This is going to be a long recording. We're already at fifty uh, minutes. I'm um, go- I'm going to have to edit some stuff out. I think because this, this is going to be trying the uh, patience it's all, of our listeners. It's all been gold. It's all been gold. <laughs> Right, so the Doctor's now a Cyberman. He gets yeah. assimilated, and he has yeah. like a weird Sherlock Holmes mind battle with... Yeah. I can't remember what they call it. They're like... Um, so it's the it's the Cyber Planner. Yeah. Which is a, a classic reference. There have been previous Cyber Planners mm-hmm. in other Cybermen story, but not for a long time. But what what's the um, term for the collection of Cybermen? The Siberiad. That's the one. That that's like the sort of hive mind of the Cybermen. Yeah. So they're going um, to play chess for the Doctor's mind. They yes, want all yeah. his secrets, his knowledge of regeneration. Yeah. There's just yeah. This is this long section where Matt Smith is basically shouting at himself in front of a screensaver. Yeah. But we do get a nice <laughs> bit where we see all the previous Doctors. You see, the thing is, generally, I love those moments. Generally speaking, like that is just catnip to me as a Doctor Who fan, and I think a lot of I speak for a lot of Doctor Who fans in that regard. But this one just feels like in like indulgent for no reason. Like we don't need it there. It's because it's not a special enough episode to warrant it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like when it's Matt Smith's first episode, and you and it shows all the Doctor thing, like he walks through and says, "Hello, I'm the Doctor," and it's this big exciting moment. But here, they just kind of tossed off. It's just like, oh, yeah, look, we want to know about regeneration. Here you go. There's Arnold, Trout, and Pertwee. Happy nerds. Is this what you want? Yeah. And I just, I feel, I feel, I feel pandered to mm. in, a, in a way. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah. But, yeah, so he's got, yeah, they're going to have this chess battle. Then we see and... a lone soldier try and challenge a Cyberman, but it sort of yeah. shoots its hand at them. Yeah. Uh, Clara doesn't get on well with the captain of the soldiers. Yeah. But that's par for the course because she doesn't get on well with anyone. No, she does tend to butt heads with people. Uh, the Doctor realises that one way he can overrule the Cybermen in his mind is by using gold. Mm-hmm. So he randomly just has some gold leafy sticks to his face. To be fair, that is a well-established part of Cyberman lore. I think you're going back to at least the Fourth Doctor's era. Um, that gold is a weakness. To, like it sort of just it 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 fritzes their circuits. 
So, of all the things that the Doctor would keep handy, gold leaf is not the most surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, yeah, he just sort of slaps that on to kind of... Yeah. Then Porridge yeah. begins to boss around the captain of the soldiers. Yeah. And we haven't really mentioned this, but when he was talking about the cyber war, he basically blew up a galaxy... To... Well, he doesn't say that he did it. He says a galaxy, like, um, I mean, the implication is that he did, but like, yeah. he doesn't outright say it. Um, yeah, this is just big hole in 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 the cosmos where a galaxy used to be, mm-hmm. and he talks about. You get this moment where, where he says, you know, I should feel bad for the trillions of lives lost, but ultimately, I just feel. Sad for the poor bloke who had to push the button, I think is the phrase. I think it's one of the best moments of the episode. Mm. I think Warwick Davis plays that moment perfectly because it's very understated the way he does it. But it obviously makes us think not just of him and the fact that if we figured out that he's the emperor, that he probably was the one to do that. But then also it makes us think of a certain other character, maybe. Mm who one time had to push a button and wipe out a lot of innocence yeah. for the greater good. So he begin. So the reason I brought that up, sorry, is when yeah. he's bossing the captain around, she attempts to do the same. One of the weapons they've got against the Cyberman is basically a suitcase that is a bomb that can blow up the planet. Yeah. Basically looks like an 80s boombox. Yeah. And as she I think, was that intentional? It's probably intentional. Probably, right? I would think. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so it, they say it would implode the planet, mm. don't they? Yeah. And then, as... odd because later on, when they actually do trigger it, it explodes. Like it clearly is show. It's like scattering matter out in all directions. Yeah. It looks nothing like an implosion. But anyway, I'll let that slide. <laughs> So, yeah, come on, that's not the hill to die on for this episode. <laughs> not in this episode, no. So, she's planning on blowing up the planet, but is shot by a Cyberman. Clara yeah. leads the soldiers against all the Cybermen. Yeah. Um, she's basically got two favourite soldiers, hasn't she? A ginger-haired one yeah. and quite a portly one. Yeah. And they're leading the push. The Doctor yeah. reunites with Clara... And sees that the two kids, Angie and Artie, are in like a walking coma. Uh-huh. The Doctor continues to play chess. And in amongst it all, the cyber planner refers to Clara as the impossible girl. Mm-hmm. And as the Cybermen, I think by this point we've seen there's more than just the three original Cybermen. There's thousands. Yeah. And I wanted to focus on that because I think it's scarier when there's just one. I agree. I think it's, I agree. it totally changes the tone. And the example I would use is the difference in the films Alien to Aliens. Uh-huh. You go from you almost like your traditional horror movie where there's one foe, you've got to survive, into basically a war movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is a completely different vibe. And, and trying to smoosh both into one episode. Again, imagine if that was how it worked as a two-parter. Your first episode is this very tense base under siege holding out against one Cyberman. And then your second episode is when we go into full-on cyber battle. Because mm. I, I, I turned to my partner when I was watching it last night. Um, she was wisely just playing Animal Crossing, which is a far better use of her time. Um, 
and I, I, I said to her, the Cybermen certainly do just like standing around, don't they? Because yeah. <laughs> they all they all sort of mass and ranks. And if they if as we've established, they can now sort of run at hyper speed and do all these other like they should have been able to take out that fairly rubbish platoon of soldiers in a matter of seconds. Yeah. But they just stand about for a bit instead. Yeah. So Clara uses the power supply to the rest of the park, throws yeah. it in the moat to electrocute them. I think it maybe works on one Cyberman. Yeah. But then, and then they all upgrade. They all upgrade and become yeah. immune to that. Yeah. The doctor asks for the detonator from Clara. Yes. Yeah. But at this point she realizes that it's the cyber planet in control of the doctor's body because yeah. he's, he basically says she's beautiful and in love with her and yeah. the doctor would never say such things. Yeah, she says like even if you think that which I don't think you do you would never admit it. So mm. uh, it's interesting to see she's she certainly got the measure of him. Yeah. At this point um, so the cyber planner destroys the detonator as yeah. all the other cybermen arrive. Uh, can we can we take a moment as well to just pause for again? I know we've already mentioned it, but whatever the flaws of this script are, Matt Smith is acting his socks off here. Mm, he's doing well, like s- switching between the characters. There's this, there's that moment we may have passed. Or I don't know whether you noted it or not, but where he does a quick Eccleston impression. And then a tenant impression, mm. and it zips by so fast, but like he commits to it like a hundred percent. I did think that where he said Alonzi, I was yeah. like, "Hang on a minute, that's not you." Yeah, that's not your thing. Yeah, say Geronimo. A second before that, it was fan- you know he said fantastic. Speaking, of, oh my god, I forgot to even mention Eccleston. Sorry, this is going to be a really long episode, guys. Yeah. And by the time this how, comes how out, this is old news. With this? It's be- I don't know. I it just it's because it maybe came out the day we recorded last week. It did. So it it's did. Week old information. But oh my god, I've basically not been able to think straight most of the week. I've just been thinking about the fact that Eccleston's coming back for big finish. If you're listening to this, you must already be aware of the fact that that they've announced that that Eccleston's coming back for big finish. Oh my goodness me, I'm I am just beyond delighted. Like it was big news when Tennant came back because he was the first New Who doctor to do some sets for Big Finish. But also it's kind of like out of every New Who doctor we've had, Tennant is the one that we has been the most thoroughly explored on the show itself already. You know, we mm. got three full 13 episode series plus four hour long specials. You weren't really left wanting more with Tenant, I don't think. So I wasn't rushing out to buy those ones, but I, yeah, the the when they announced that Eccleston's coming back, it was a complete shut up and take my money moment for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's quite funny on Twitter. I, I put a message out from our pod account. Yeah, I, I put guess who's back back again. Eccleston's back, tell a friend. And uh-huh. then I put, this is assuming Doctor Who fans have any friends. And I got loads <laughs> of messages just going, fuck off, Matt. 
<laughs> yeah, rightly so, just I like, feel like. Let's have our fun just this once. Yeah. Apart from anything else, there are a lot of fa- friendships forged within the fandom, so... Like who? Even if, we're, even if you're only making friends with other Doctor Who fans, that's still a perfectly legitimate form of socialisation. Nah. It's much more fun to wind them up. <laughs> but anyway, come on. You, you've, always, you've said before that Eccleston is maybe still your favourite? Well, if he's not my favourite, he's definitely special to me as, quote-unquote, my doctor. Yeah, in the same way that he is for so many people. Yeah, and, you know, we've mentioned it ourselves. There's fan theories where he bobs in the TARDIS for two seconds and comes back and actually all number of adventures could have happened. Yes. I'd like to see that. You see, I don't think I would personally. I understand people's, and at the moment, the big speculation is because they're hot, where they're withholding a lot of information. We don't know yet who the companions are. There are three basic possibilities. No, four. Right. Okay. So there's Billy Piper. Billy Piper is the obvious one. We could potentially have Billy Piper and John Barrowman. Oh yeah, give me that. Yeah. Give me that. Both, both of them have done Big Finish before. And there is this gap, if you recall, at the end of The Doctor Dances, where they first pick up Captain Jack, the next episode is Boomtown, and the one where they they meet Mickey in, in Cardiff. And there's this scene where they're sat in a cafe and they're talking about adventures that they've had together as yes. a threesome. So give me all of that. Yeah, because if you do that, it doesn't need to be... Well, it could be self-contained big ideas. Yeah. But you almost don't need to worry about the canon. No, you just it's that's the biggest gap, but obviously it means you've got to get both of those actors back for the to revive Barrowman those roles, will but do it. He's Barrowman, Barrowman will do it at the drop of a he's hat. A he's done quite man. a lot for Big Finish. Yeah. And and Billy Piper as I say has done a couple of sets. She did one with David Tennant and she did um she did one called Dimension Canon which is basically the adventures of Rose when she's trying to get from the parallel universe where she's living after the end of series two and she's trying to get back to our universe in series four. Do you remember how she's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. somehow... It's basically her hopping from one parallel universe to the next to try and get the right one uh, give me to that. reunite with her. That, it's it's quite, a, it's quite a strong pen. I wouldn't eat for days. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite a strong premise for a series. I'm quite keen to pick that one up at some point. But, um, yeah, so other possibilities are another companion, maybe set pre-Rose, which I'm not a big fan of. No. I like the idea of Rose being this Doctor's first companion, like the first post-Time War. Like I say, with her being the first new Who companion, she needs to be special and she needs to remain special. Yeah, exactly. I think it cheapens it if you go pre-Rose. And the other possibility is, as you say, Doctor Alone. Maybe bumming around for a while before going back for Rose. What if they did McGann into Eccleston? Well, that would be a thought, wouldn't it? Yeah. That might be my poem. We've not seen seen that regeneration, have we? I'm going to write that as my poem. Mm. Be an interesting one. Um... 
but anyway, we've... Okay, that's enough of a detour. We are already in over an hour into this record, and we've still got how much of this episode left? Uh, about six lines of notes. Yeah. Okay, let's rattle through them. Also, apologies, listeners, if you can hear my cat... She's strutting about on my laptop and purring directly right. into Has my mic. Right, has she so. hit the record button? Because we've been here uh, recently. Yeah, I, I'm pretty. I, I br- blame my cat for uh, the the cock up when we were doing Journey to the Center of the Tardis. Um, it's possible. I'll never forgive your cat for that. <laughs> she's. I, I think she's more likely in danger of hanging up on you at this point. Oh, uh, that's okay. <laughs> Right. Anyway, yes, come on, last six notes. Let's just bash them out. Right, so the Cyber Planet destroys the detonator. Yeah. Uh, the moat doesn't stop the Cybermen arriving. The Doctor uh-huh. wins back the kids whilst playing chess. Yeah, hooray. Because um, in the end, he doesn't even win the chess game, does he? His no. His big thing is just like, he grabs the... Because it, it's like a parallel of... The, the, the Cyber Planet had been so-called cheating by basically using the energy of all the other Cybermen to kind of feed his mind, for want of a better term. Mm. And, you know, the Doctor accuses him of cheating and he's like, oh, I'm just using available resources. And then the Doctor flips that on him by grabbing a sonic screwdriver, doing something with, like... Has he got, like, a cyber hand? Yeah, so it's one of the pulse hands that can be used to switch off Cybermen yeah. by touching the back of their heads. Yeah. Um, as he's doing this, Porridge tries to help, but is kicked unconscious. Yeah. Uh, turns out Porridge is the Emperor, if you haven't worked that out from the million clues it's given you so Amazing. far. Amazing. Never have seen that coming. So, the big bomb that we mentioned earlier yeah. could be detonated by voice controls, it only reacted to the voice controls of Tamsin Althwaite, who's now dead, and uh-huh. the Emperor. Turns out, yeah. Porridge is the Emperor, so he activates the bomb. Everyone gets and... teleported away to his yeah. like nice ship. Yeah, palatial Imperial yeah. cruiser. Yeah. So he asks Clara to marry him. <sighs> yeah, that sort of comes out of the blue, doesn't it? Yeah. Again, if you'd had a two-parter, you would have had time to maybe plant the seeds that he developed a bit bit of an infatuation with her, maybe. Yeah. And then it would come less out of nowhere. And I know what Gaiman's doing. It's because Gaiman loves his folklore and his fairy tales and things like that. So the idea of, you know, the lonely emperor marrying the the, the beautiful princess, Mm -hmm. it's that kind of thing, but it just comes out of the blue. And, and, And thankfully... Clara is just like, uh, no, no, thank you. Yeah. I have no interest in that. But uh, it feels unearned. The Doctor then takes Angie and Artie home. Yeah. No resolution, because there's no plot to resolve with no, them. No, it's just like, apparently they're satisfied. And the, the idea as well, because the whole reason they do this is so that they don't go telling their dad that Clara is a time traveller. Like... Mm. Like he was going to believe them anyway. But now they're like, they're going to come home with stories of going to a theme park in space yeah. and meeting killer robots and stuff. Like, how how was that supposed to shut them up? Do you know yeah. what I mean? 
What he should have done is just pulled out a big gun and just go, you, <laughs> you tell anyone, I'm fucking dead. <laughs> so, yeah, and, yeah, he drops Clara off. Turns out they've been meeting every Wednesday. Presumably every other episode we've seen so far has taken place on a Wednesday. And then we see um, a little bit of Cyberman still just floating through space. Yeah. I think Warwick Davis goes, yeah, 100% annihilation, but yeah. his ship scanners aren't that good because there's a yeah. little bit of floats Still past. a bit out there. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, I want to like this episode. I, I, there, it's not devoid of good ideas is the frustrating thing. It's not like... Because I think I've talked before, I've got a basic theory with Doctor Who where you've got you've got the noble failures mm. and then you've got just the outright disasters. So, you know, Fear Her, Curse of the Black Spot, Journey to the Centre of TARDIS. That was my cat. Thank you, Mabel. Uh, those are like outright disasters. And then you've got things like Love and Monsters or something like that, where it's like, fundamentally, this isn't working, but I can see what you were reaching for. Yeah. You had you had noble intent. Yeah, swing and a miss. Yeah, and this feels like one of those to me. I don't know. Well, I want to like it. Like, but... I, I think the biggest concern I have is... Next week is season finale? Yeah, it's episode 13 yeah. of series 7. Ain't got yeah. a clue what's going to happen there. And the, yeah. the worst part is, don't really care. Yeah. Which, I, which is a valid feeling to have at this stage. I don't I'm think... Not, I'm I've... not going to say you, you've got the wrong end of the stick. I think a lot of people, even hardened Doctor Who fans, were in the same boat as you. Getting to this point. I don't think I've gone into a season finale less interested. Yeah. That's fair. It's worrying. That's fair. It's worrying. Yeah. Um, But who knows? Maybe it'll surprise you. Yeah. Um, So why don't you join us this, this next week when we will be discussing... Don't forget to write your poems. Oh, don't... Yes. Yeah. Don't yeah. forget Wednesday do, do nights send those on in. Twitch, 8 o'clock, twitch.tv yep. forward slash time no space pod. Only did yeah. a little short one this week because my wife's been off work, but back to normal next week. Fab. I'll pop in if I can. No no guarantees. This week I played the worst PS2 games I could find and I didn't enjoy it, so I was glad I could it short. <laughs> I feel like that kind of thing, people do that a lot, don't they? Sort of like ironic... Twitch streams of like uh, playing well, really crap it games. It wasn't intentional. Like I started playing what's oh, a right. game called Dark Cloud that I'd heard is yeah. like this really, really good game. But it was just so confusing. Yeah. And then I played a bit of Ape Escape 2, but I wasn't paying attention, so I missed all the instructions and then didn't know what I was doing. And I played. It sounds it. like that one's on you. And then I played a bit of Everybody's Tennis, but the problem is, one of my all time favourite computer games is uh, Virtua Tennis. Uh-huh. Like uh, I quite often say, if I if I could claim to be a master at any computer game, it would be Virtua Tennis Three. Right. Like, I I could quite confidently right now invite you to my house to play that game, and I know I would win. Like I can beat <laughs> anyone at that game. 
mm-hmm. then when I played everybody's tennis, the buttons were all different, so I couldn't do it. Ah, oh, so. just you're out, out of, you know, you're just uh, completely yeah. wrong-footed. So yeah, Wednesday yeah. night, 8 o'clock, should be fun. Excellent. Uh, and yeah, next week, as I say, name of the Doctor. What do you think that's going to be about? Uh, what's his name? Uh huh. John. Do you think we're going to find? Do you think we are? Do you think at the end of this episode we will actually know what the name of the Doctor 100% is? One hundred percent, no. I, <laughs> I think the characters will, but they won't say it out loud. Uh huh. I think okay, that's a solid prediction. Yeah. So you think it will be firmly established within the episode to someone on screen what the name of the Doctor is? Yeah. And I but think we'll we... get the end of the episode will be where they have to speak the Doctor's name, but there'll be, like, really dramatic music and we'll mm. see someone mouth what the Doctor's name is, but it'll be incoherent and we won't be able to make out exactly what it is. Uh, that would be a tease, wouldn't it? Well, join us next week and we will find out then. Until then, thank you ever so much for listening and cheerio. Bye. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.